perfect? Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it. No heart? You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries' Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Hey everybody, welcome to Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder. Thanks so much for joining me today on this episode of Young Catholics Respond. It's wonderful to uh, have you joining us. Want to make sure you're joining us for our Advent pilgrimage as well. Head over to parousiamedia.com and register for that pilgrimage if you have not yet done so. We're wrapping things up. It's completely free. However, I don't want to spend too much time talking about ourselves today because I have a wonderful guest. His name is Chris Stefanik, and he is an internationally acclaimed author, speaker, and television host who has devoted his entire life to inspiring people to live a bold, contagious faith. He is the recipient of the Papal Benarimini Medal, Archbishop Charles Shaper. Chapu calls uh, Chris one of the most engaging defenders of the Christian faith on the scene today. Chris's live seminars reach more than 85,000 people per year. His reality TV show, videos, and radio spots reach millions of people, and his educational initiatives are turning the tide in the church. He authored the Chosen Confirmation Program, which has already formed more than 600,000 teenagers. A graduate of Franciscan University of Steubenville, Chris is also the founder and president of Real Life Catholic, a nonprofit which operates as the headquarters for Chris's various initiatives. Above all, Chris is a proud to be husband to his wife, Natalie, and father of six children. Chris, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to have you on Young Catholics Respond today. God bless you, man. It's tiring hearing my bio. I think I'm doing too many things. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, man, I need a nap. <laughs> no, it's amazing. I, you know, on, on this program, I always like to start, Chris, with just a little bit of the faith walk and the journey. So, if you would uh, just share with our listeners, uh, you know, how how you came to know Christ in a deeper way. You know, I I grew up in New Jersey, and um, you know, with a good Catholic family, and you know, like many kids who grow up in the east coast of the u.s with a, a traditionally catholic area with a good catholic family uh i didn't internalize it it was something that was out out there uh maybe an obligation it, it represented i had to go to mass every sunday on a good day or uh, you know on the on the most negative side it represented a list of burdensome rules i had to follow that didn't make my life any better so jesus's mission was to apparently make me boring um <laughs> that's kind of how i saw it now, my priorities and where I saw life to the full would have been in my secular rock stars. You know, like, I, I have a distinct memory of a, a poster I had of Slash from Guns N' Roses, hair covering his face, sitting on a street corner, looking like a, like a, like a drunk, man. He's sitting there with a bottle of Jack Daniels next to him. Uh, looks like he, he's passed out. And this is, this is what I thought was cool. This is what I thought was life and what I wanted to be when I grew up. And uh, my parents dragged me to a retreat that I did not really want to go on. It was a charismatic conference in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I'm telling you, man, the thing that changed my life, it wasn't just the, the talks, which were great, or the music or the prayer experiences. It was everybody in the room. You know, the first Christians called themselves the living ones. And as soon as I saw them, I, and I distinctly remember this guy he was probably 65 years old. I mean, 
when you talk about the cool spectrum going from my secular rock gods to this guy, this guy was on the far other end of the spectrum. But <laughs> there was a joy in his face that wrecked me. And he, he, he would have no idea that he had such an impact on me because I don't even know who he was. And it's a good reminder to people listening that you have no idea your impact when you're just a joyful Christian. Um, but it, it changed my life, man. Like I, I realized that I was dead inside. All the people I looked up to and wanted to be like were dead. And I wanted the life of God in me. That was, that was joy. That was, that was real life. And uh, that, that started my whole path in a new direction. Awesome. Uh, flesh, flesh that out for us. So, I mean, after, after you had that powerful moment of, of conversion, really, uh, and understanding that, what, what happened after that? You know, were there, were there moments of continued faith growth? No, I had it all together, and I was a saint immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, it's, it's a comfort, because I, I, I hear from many people in ministry, and I've, I've fallen into this myself sometimes, and thinking, you know, you throw these events at people, and and then they'll say, well, it was a flash in a pan, or I didn't see any measurable difference afterwards, or especially in youth ministry, you know, people will say, all oh, these kids have this emotional high, and it's a retreat, and then it's all back to normal. Well, you know what, man, you could have said the same thing about me. But there was nothing that was back to normal about my life, again, even though it looked like the same. I, I was I was going back and partying with my friends like an idiot, and, uh, and I didn't know how to live the faith out, and I had all my old vices. But none of my old sins tasted good to me anymore. They lost all their sweetness, man. When you taste the Lord, that's it, everything changes. Like you, your your fundamental trajectory changes, uh, and and there was a lot of things I had to to fine tune, obviously, to fit that new trajectory and where the Lord was calling me in life. Uh, but I was a I was a changed man. I, I think a huge part of what made the conversion stick. What I'm holding in my hand right now is the rosary. Mm. Wow, you know that's powerful, and I think it's a great uh, a great note you make, especially to young young Catholics, uh, young people listening to this program. Uh, that you know, you know, everything doesn't all just pop together. Uh, it's a it, it is a process. It is a process, but there's something fundamentally that's that that's changed once you meet the Lord, right? Everybody is transformed. If you meet Christ, you know that's the one thing about the gospel, right? Like it, it, once you meet Jesus, and anybody in there, what good good, bad, or ugly, otherwise, you're changed. You know, and so that's yeah. that's powerful. Um, yeah. And and so uh, just briefly tell us a little bit about. Uh, your, your calling now with Real Life Catholic and how, you know, I mean, you've done amazing things. Uh, so just tell, how, how did you get involved uh, in, in founding this Real Life Catholic? Uh, I worked in parishes for five and a half years, dioceses for nine years. And through, through that time, the Lord kept refining my call to go back to what I think was my, my initial conversion and, and spreading what changed my life, which is the focus on the core message of the gospel and the beauty of that core message lived out in everyday life and how that transforms everyone's life and makes it measurably better. You know, if there's a reason that the world is not interested in Christianity, it's because we've forgotten that core message of the gospel, that it's, that it's beautiful, that it's good news. And they think that Christianity is nothing more than a set of rules uh, designed to take away their fun and repress them. Um, or we've forgotten that it has anything to do with everyday life. That it, that it makes everyday life actually better. That there's 
a measurable difference for good. It produces not just for eternity, but now eternity starts now. Um, so our, our, um, our whole mission is really focused on, on spreading that good news through, through the preaching of the charisma, the, the heart and soul of the gospel and helping people live it out in daily life, uh, through live events, which before COVID were, were a central thing with our ministry. Uh, but now, uh, primarily through digital coaching programs, uh, which are on our website and, uh, and books and media. And, and we're taking a really strong direction in empowering people to start small group ministries, which I think is the secret sauce for renewal in the church. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm real excited to talk with you about the, uh, the latest uh, book that you've written as well. We're going to do it on the other side of this break. Uh, the new book is called Living Joy, Nine Rules to Help You Rediscover and Live Joy Every Day. Uh, and what a perfect topic uh, we need to discuss uh, on the other side of the break because we're right in the heart of Advent, and we're real excited to, uh, to unpack that joy that's coming to us on Christmas Day and beyond. So uh, we're going to take a short break here, Chris, on Young Catholics Respond on the other side. We'll continue uh, talking with you about the new book. Stay tuned, everybody. Are you looking for a way to deepen your prayer life and faith this Advent season? A Contemplative Las Posadas by Bill Snyder is a novena that offers reflections based on the traditional Mexican devotion that reenacts the journey of St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The ecclesiastically approved devotional is available for purchase for only $4.99 on our website, patchworkheart.org, or emailing info at patchworkheart.org. Hey everybody, it's Bill Snyder. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Young Catholics Respond with Chris Stefanik. I am so blessed to be able to have Chris on our program and honored that he would come on our program and share about his faith life and his newest book, which is Living Joy, Nine Rules to Help You Rediscover and Live Joy Every Day. You know, uh, because of Chris's incredibly busy schedule, uh, we were unable to record a full episode of Young Catholics Respond. And because our program runs 29 minutes and 45 seconds, we either would have to put in a ton of commercials or do an extra segment. So I figured to do an extra segment and uh, thank Chris so much for his time, his precious and valuable time to record uh, our uh, episode today. Just so hard to say no to Chris Stefanik. So, uh, with that being said, we're just going to do uh, a short little segment here, a filler segment uh, in the middle of our program, make it three segments instead of two. And uh, I want to remind all of our listeners right now uh, that they can uh, join our Advent pilgrimage, which is in progress uh, from Parousia Media. If they go over to parousiamedia.com, uh, you'll find yourself right in the beginning of the Las Posadas portion of our pilgrimage. However, uh, you get access, free access, to 27 videos from November 29th all the way up through December 25th. You will have access to speakers like Jeff Cavins, Dr. Edward Sree, and so many more that have already presented on this season of Advent, and as we continue through the Posada tradition, I encourage you to take a look at and um, continue to uh, reflect on these final days of the coming of, before the coming of our Lord. 
So take take a uh, listen. It's completely free uh, to watch these videos. All you have to do is go over to parousiamedia.com and register for free. You're going to get a daily email, but then you'll also get access to all of the content that was already produced. So I hope that you take a look at that. Uh, in addition, uh, I want to just share a few thoughts with you about um, the this season of hope. Uh, we you know we talk a lot about hope. We talk a lot about joy, and we talk a lot about of how to contain or uh, bottle up this joy and carry it through the remainder of this year. And, you know, this past weekend was Gaudete Sunday, which uh, is the Rejoicing Sunday. It's the pink candle. And I've been highlighting my Bible in pink this week <laughs> as I've been reflecting on different scriptures, uh, just because it's the per uh, pink candle week. And uh, I want to share with you uh, just a couple of uh, scripture quotes. I want to share with you just a couple of scripture quotes here that can help us maybe uh, reflect on this great season of hope and how our faith can carry us through these difficult times that we're finding ourselves in. So, chapter 11 of the letter to the Hebrews begins like this. Faith is the realization of what is hoped for and evidence of things not seen. What a powerful quote. What a powerful quote just to reflect on, especially during this season. Faith helps us realize the things that we hope for and it's evidence of things not seen. I'm going to read that full quote again. Faith is the realization of what is hoped for and evidence of things not seen. This chapter of the letter to the Hebrews actually highlights the salvation history. It provides an overview of salvation history through the Old Testament and all of the ancients in the Old Testament. It begins with quoting and talking about Cain and Abel. It continues going through Noah and Abraham and Isaac and then Moses. But as you begin reflecting on this chapter, the thing that comes back to you is recognizing that all of these ancients, all of these great ancient people, like Abraham, never saw the Messiah. They never got a chance to see him in the flesh. They hoped for him, but by faith is what carried them through. In fact, the chapter wraps up with, Yet all these things, though approved because of their faith, did not receive what they had been promised. God had foreseen something better for us, so that without us they should not be made perfect. In other words, that Christ entered the picture 
And we now have the benefit of looking at Christ and seeing Christ as the completion of all the things that they had faith for and that they hoped for. And for us today, who have the benefit of knowing Christ through the sacraments, having the benefit of knowing Christ in a personal way through the gift of the Holy Spirit that he bestows on the church, we also have a different kind of hope that unlocks the access to heaven for us. And as verse 33 of chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews said, it unlocks the access to heaven for all those who hoped before Christ. This is awesome stuff to reflect on and things to think about. So I leave you with a question as we go back to um, a short commercial break and then back to our episode with Chris. I leave you with a thought about what are you hoping for in your life? Where are you placing your faith? Can you place it more in the arms of of our God because he's coming he's coming in power in just a few short days he's coming in a new fresh way in your life if you invite him in thanks so much for tuning in again today I'm Bill Snyder and uh, we'll resume Young Catholics Respond here after a short commercial break Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147 or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. Your heart is always beating, but you never have to think about it. Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Hey everybody, welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder, and uh, today my guest is Chris Stefanik. We're talking about, uh, in the first half of the program, we talked about his uh, awesome uh, spiritual journey, how he uh, met the Lord and continues to live out uh, his faith as a real-life uh, Catholic guy. Uh, but I, but I want to jump to your book now, Chris, because you've got, um, so I, I think, really hit on a great key, not only for Advent, but for every day, and that's the, you know, the title of the book, Living Joy, Nine Rules to Help You Rediscover and Live Joy Every Day. Uh, so I'd love you just to talk with us about how this book was conceived in your mind, how it came to be. Uh, well, you know, in large part, my whole conversion experience uh, put that uh, devotion <laughs> to joy in my soul, because when people see the joy of a Christian heart, it's convincing. You want what that person has if they're joyful. If they're not, it doesn't matter if what they have is true. You're not overly interested in even giving that truth the time of day. Uh, so there, there's an urgency around joy among the people of God. 
But this also arose because of 2020. You know, I, I don't, I don't just write about things that are, that are theoretical for me uh, that I've sat around and thought about, but what I'm grappling with in my own life. And this has been a year of a lot of ups and downs, a lot of turmoil, a lot of instability. And that, that's not a time to give into despair. That's a time where we have to lean into being joyful people of God. I, I, one of my favorite scriptures is, is from Nehemiah. And when the people of God were in exile, and they were being called to go back to their city in Jerusalem and rebuild the fallen city walls. And in the ancient world, fallen city walls were a very bad thing because your neighboring nations could just throw spears at you. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it, it meant you might die if you're going to go back and rebuild city walls in the ancient world. And in that context, this call to war, this call to rebuilding, this call of uh, this life and death time, Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord must be your strength. So joy is not something that you get after the battle's won. If you're in a battle in your life, you need joy to enter the battle. So all those things swirled around my head, and man, the, the world needs that right now, big time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I I think that's a really big uh, key, that, you know, when you're in the midst of the battle, you need joy, not just when the battle's won. And mm -hmm. talk to us about what happens when, you know, life doesn't go perfectly because, you know, perfect life, you know, I, I don't know anybody who has one. And so, yeah. but, but I know a lot of people who Wait, have so the joy. Instagram stories aren't all true? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, definitely not mine anyway. Dang, I thought all my friends had a perfect life. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that and Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all those things. Yeah, um, yep, they, they pose in the, in the only clean corner of their kitchen for the picture. They're taking over themselves. Yeah. Anyway, go yeah, ahead. Exactly. Sorry. No, no, no. It's a beautiful point. But I, but, but I want to know how. You know, what is there a key? Uh, and I know you've got nine rules in the book, so feel free to you know kind of run through them and lay us lay them out for us. But we want people to read the book too. But, but you know how? What is that like, right? What is that like for you know when when life doesn't go perfectly? How can you still live with joy? Does that that's such a big paradox? It is, and it's but it's the Christian life. That we we got to stop sitting around and waiting on our circumstances to change to have joy. <laughs> There's nothing about the spiritual life, either in Christianity or any religion, that says uh, if you want to be happy, change everything around you. Right? It, it's change what's within you. Metanoia. It was Jesus' first public uh, ministry words when he's proclaiming the gospel. Met, repent. It's converted as. But the the more literal translation is change yourself. Change your thinking change your mind, metanoia. And it, so happiness has to be turn inward into life habits that we develop that make us happy in the midst of the messiness in life. And I'm very struck by the fact that most of what St. Paul wrote about how to be joyful, he did not write from a good time in his life when his preaching was at its high point and he was meeting all sorts of new people and traveling around the Mediterranean. He wrote these things from prison while awaiting his execution. And surrounded by people who wanted to kill him, who, who might have been the ones that he, for all he knew, were about to lead him into the street and chains and chop his head off. And he writes there, rejoice in the Lord always, I say it again, and rejoice. <laughs> wow. You know, um, that's, that's really powerful, too. You know, knowing that even at the lowest points, we can, we can have joy, because yeah. we're, we're, we're looking at, at something the eternal, too, right? Like, like during this time, especially of Advent, 
we're looking towards something that is that is coming to earth, which is heaven, in, in the person of Christ. And so share with us a little bit about, you know, the fact that it's not necessarily, you know, winning every battle, but knowing that your home isn't isn't here. Right, it's and and we can have joy in in recognizing that, and that's how some of the greatest saints move through their sufferings too, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, you said even at the lowest points we can have joy, and I'd add, especially at the lowest points we must have joy, right? That because that's when your strength's getting kicked out of you, and joy is your strength. Uh, and that's you know what you just brought up is, as far as remembering the big picture of life that no matter what page you're on, there's a a bigger story you're part of. Uh, that's the ninth rule for a joyful life in my book is to frame your mind with your faith. That's what St. Paul did while he was in prison. And from prison, he wrote, uh, set your mind on things above. And these are all nice ideals. You know, it's nice to talk about that. I set your mind on things above and while I have uh, a disease or while I lost my business. Uh, but these things have to, be, have to be put into action to make a difference in our lives. And that's where I, I dig into the book. But it's all it's all simple stuff. I mean, my hope is that people read the book and think, Oh, that's stupidly simple. I, I could have told you that. To which I would say, duh, yeah, you could have. So why don't you do it? Right? Mm-hmm. This is the Christian life comes down to actually doing these these stupidly simple things. Yeah. You know, talk about that as we kind of wrap up the show here. Uh, just to talk with us, how what what are some of the practical things that we can go to doing, right? Because, you know, we are human be we we are human beings and we have to have an action plan. Otherwise we do just sit on our hands, right? Yeah, so so mm-hmm. what are what are some of the simple things that we can do? Of course <clears throat> I want people to go and buy the book. Of course I want them to go read it, but um but but to just give us a few tips that, you know, somebody out there struggling right now listening to this, yeah. Holy Spirit's got an appointment with them. What do you what do you tell them to do? Yeah, so the, the the book has nine rules. Each rule has about three different, very specific things you can do that are two to three things that are all really simple. And I don't care if you're busy or not, you're going to have time to do these things. Uh, but it's all about forming those habits. Uh, I'll, and I'll rattle off the nine rules for you. Um, one is to give thanks. Number two is to practice silence. So you can't be happy if you're not a grateful person. And it's, it comes down to more than saying thank you here and there. It comes down to form, forming a mental habit of finding your blessings rather than finding uh, the things that get you down. Uh, practicing silence, there's specific things you have to do uh, for sanity, frankly, uh, because the, the use of cell phones and the noise in our lives is literally driving us crazy. A uh, number three is to love yourself in both the way you talk to yourself and in your self-care. Again, these things aren't time-consuming, but they're, if you're not doing that, you're not happy. You don't have joy. Uh, four is to have fun. And that's my shortest chapter, but we forget to be goofy. We really literally forget. You need intentionality about, about it. Five is to engage your body in the battle for joy through uh, the use of a smile, which is more powerful than people think. There's a lot of science done that we talk about in the book, and through exercise. Uh, six is to make friends, and we talk about how to do that. Uh, people have this ideal that, like, you know, Friendships would be nice, but how do I make spiritual friendships? So we go into that. Seven is to rest. The Sabbath is a sacred thing, man. Uh, eight is to serve, and then nine is to frame your mind with the faith. So it's all it, what you just heard is all simple stuff, you know. But but it comes down to, to the how tos that you have to implement in your daily life. Yeah, totally. Uh, and and so and so beautiful. As we wrap up, Chris, tell me. Uh, where people can get it, how they can get in touch with your ministry, because it's such a powerful ministry and uh, yeah, everything. And, and you know, I'm sorry, 
to, to answer a little more your last question, um, what would, what's a one to do I'd give the, the listener? I would yeah. say stop right now. Stop looking at your externals to, to make yourself happy. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Stop. I know, I know you hear me saying this, but you keep doing it and you need to stop. Okay. You're not going to be happy if and when, and if I get the raise and when my kid starts respecting me and when my marriage is perfect, and stop it, dude. You're going to be happy when you change uh, and you start following the Lord in some more specific ways. Um, you can get the book on Amazon. You can get the book on Emmaus Press, St. Paul Center. Uh, we have it on our site and, and on our site, reallifecatholic.com. Uh, there's also uh, an Advent program. I, I know you guys have one too. I've encouraged my people to do yours. And uh, if you want to add two Advent programs, it's reallifecatholic.com slash joy. And it's all about the ninth uh, rule in the book with Cardinal Campbell and Mesa uh, and me. And um, I think Amazon's going to be the number one place to get the book, though. <laughs> it's the easiest. Yeah. <laughs> one right. click, it's being shipped to your house. Yeah, uh, exactly. Hey, uh, Chris, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure to talk with you and uh, really, really appreciate uh, you coming on today and sharing your faith uh, and just your real life Catholicism with everybody. Hey, I, I love you, man. I love I love Perusia, Charbel, all the stuff that you guys are doing globally. It's just awesome. So thanks for having me on. Of course. Uh, well, folks, until uh, next time here on Young Catholics Respond, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org. Or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry.